Welcome to Ghost of a Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Lignato. I'm an astrologer, psychic medium, and animal communicator, and I'm going to give you your weekly horoscope and no bullshit mystical advice for living your very best life. I have a Ghost of a Podcast announcement. I'm dropping an extra episode of the podcast on Monday, January the 6th, and it will be your year ahead horoscope for 2020. So make sure to tune in and get ready because it's a doozy. If you want more information about the Saturn-Pluto conjunction in Capricorn, become a supporter on Patreon because there I have dropped a bonus episode of the podcast where I unpack the more personal implications of that transit. I also talk a bunch about Tarot, and I'm really into giving you tools for helping yourself when things get kind of challenging. The link is in the show notes. Schmuppies and kittens, it's my birthday. And so this week, I'm going to be answering your questions about me. And I got so many tender questions with so many sweet comments. So I want to thank you so much for that. Um, and I also want to say, yes, my birthday is January 11th, one eleven. That's my birthday, turning 45 years old. I mean, it's the middle over here. I'm just, I'm just talking to you from the middle of all my ages. Get ready. I got a great question from E living in New Zealand. And she says, you've said on the podcast before that you have written and released horoscopes every single week since the 1990s for 20 years and that you've never missed a week. My question for you is how do you structure your life so that this is possible? I'm 28 years old and apart from eating, showering, and sleeping, I don't think there's anything I've done consistently every single week without fail. Personally, I think it's time for me to move on and out of survival mode. So do you have thoughts on how to do more week in and week out? This is a great question. And part of the answer, honestly, E, is that I am a triple Capricorn, sun, moon, and rising, all in the sign of Capricorn. And so consistency is my nature. Like I'm naturally pretty capable of being very consistent. Also, I, uh, I feel really guilty and terrible if I am late or if I fail somebody. And the thing about writing a horoscope or publishing a podcast is that people are waiting for it. People are relying on me for it. And so while I haven't my whole life been consistent with self-care things or things that I need to do for me, me alone, I can say that for me, the value that I place on the work that I do and the value that I place on my editors or, you know, the listeners to the podcast or the readers of my work is so high that being late would just not be fair. You know, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be right. That's just how I feel. And I feel that way. And I also simply have the nature where that is kind of easy enough, not easy exactly, but easy enough for me to follow through on. And related to that, I've also been lucky that you know, I've been able to work through the really negative things that have happened or the, the bad things that have happened in my life and that I haven't had to take a week off. Uh, now watch that I've said this so publicly that <laughs> something will happen and I'll miss a week. But yes, I have yet to miss a week since I started my weekly horoscope in 2003. And I'm pretty proud of it. I'm not going to lie. Diana Rose asked me, Capricorn heaviness sometimes gets associated with self-doubt, self-criticism, and self-flagellation. Have you experienced these things? And if so, what's helped you stand so firm in yourself and radiate such a wonderfully confident presence? 
Thank you, Diana. I love that question and that you think I have a wonderfully confident presence. Of course, I feel self-doubt, self-criticism, self-flagellation. I am a triple Capricorn slash also a person. Of course I do. I feel those things all the damn time. What you are hearing of me in my work as an astrologer or a medium or a psychic is the part of me that I am the most confident about because I have dedicated my whole life to this work. And I have been a practicing consulting astrologer since 1995. So I have been able to cultivate confidence, not only through practice, but through getting so much feedback. You know, so many of us who are astrologers or kind of woo practitioners have different ways of working. The way that I have worked has been in practice with clients, which the nice thing about that, well, there's so many nice things, but one nice thing about that is I have a consistent feedback loop of clients. And that's very different than the podcast or the writing I do because I get some feedback, but not, not a fraction as many people who listen or read reach out to me. Whereas with clients, they all give me feedback, every single one of them. And I have worked with thousands and thousands of people over the course of a couple decades, almost three decades. So it has given me confidence, but I am very self-critical and very good at engaging with self-flagellation when the feeling hits and it does hit. It does. Courtney asked me, uh, I'm curious if you've suffered any mental health issues like anxiety or depression and how you cope with the pressure that has come up from such a rapid increase to your popularity. I, yes, of course, feel anxious and depressive at times, although I don't have mental illness around either of those things. I have kind of, you know, good old fashioned anxious personality and depressive nature. And in terms of the rapid increase in my popularity, because I've been doing this work professionally since 95, it doesn't feel especially rapid. (laughs) It feels pretty steady, my growth. And I would say that the kind of negative ramifications that I've personally experienced are more around the energetic impact of having more souls, having greater access to me and being more tapped into more people, you know, and having more people tapped into me personally. That has definitely been a little bit tricky, but a really, I mean, as cheesy as this may sound, a really good opportunity for me to figure out how to strengthen my boundaries and become more present. So it's a journey and it's a practice, but I I wouldn't say it's been primarily a mental health issue. It's been primarily a spiritual health issue for me. And finally, Shri asks, when did you feel the pressure to work on boundaries and how did you start to incorporate them into your work? That's a great question. I basically wasn't really concerned with boundaries until my work as a psychic medium started to really present itself. And that wasn't until I was working as a professional astrologer for about a decade. I didn't know that I was psychic or that I could communicate with the dead until about nine or 10 years into my private practice. And the way I found out was clients kept on asking me to be psychic for them or to talk to their dead. And I told them I couldn't do it. And they would like be like, no, please, will you do this for me? And I'd be like, well, you're paying, so I'll try, but I really can't. And then I could. And so as that started to get stronger and more clear to me, I started to have a lot of problems. And uh, those problems were impacting my physical health, my mental health, and they were really junking up my life. And so I was really clear that I had a choice to make. And that choice was around how I wanted to live and that if I was going to continue to live in the way that I was, 
I couldn't sustain the work that I wanted to do. And I was really clear that I didn't have to make the choice to prioritize my work, that I didn't have to continue to expand uh, my gifts as a psychic or a medium, but that if I was going to do those things, that I was going to have to practice healthy boundaries, spiritual boundaries, behavioral boundaries, mental and emotional boundaries. And I made the choice and it wasn't a hard choice for me to make. I also won't idealize it for you and tell you that it's easy. It's really hard, actually. And I will say that there are constant consequences for my gifts or my skills as a psychic or a medium that consistently um, reinforce the need for me to better refine my boundaries. I am much better at my boundaries now than I've ever been, and I have a long way to go before I would say I'm especially good with boundaries. So, you know, it's one of those things where when we are on a healing path, we grow, and we grow to a new level of presence and embodiment on a specific lesson, and then what happens is the universe or your guides are like, cool, cool, now go to the next level. And so it's it's a constant challenge, and it's a pretty consistent lesson that I'm engaging with, but it is an essential part of working with people in any capacity, and certainly when working with people who are coming to you um, with vulnerable and emotionally tender information or working as a psychic where you have access to more information than maybe, you know, a consultant might. And so, yeah, I want to thank you all for all the love and support through the podcast and through my book. It has been so tender and wonderful. And if I'm being honest, which why not, on the day of my book release, I got such loving, wonderful, enthusiastic, and supportive comments from you all that it was just like I was I was moved to tears. I know I'm a Capricorn, but I was moved to tears multiple times. It was really, really beautiful. So thank you all for your support. And uh, now let's get to some more astrology, shall we? Astrology for Real Relationships, Understanding You, Me, and How We All Get Along. My new book, it dropped on New Year's Eve. If you are in one of these three cities, I hope that you will come out and give me a big fat hug and get a copy of your book signed. On January the 8th, I'm going to be in LA at The Wing. There are still tickets available for non-members. You can find them on my website. On my birthday, January 11th, I will be in Seattle at The Cloud Room. It's RSVP only, but it's free. And then finally, on January the 14th, I will be in Portland at the iconic Powell's Books. I really hope I see y'all there. Give me a damn hug. Can you? Will you? And buy the book. Life is complicated, don't you think? I mean, I think it is. So we are looking at the week of January 5th through the 11th, 2020. Did I write down 2019 in my notes? You better believe I did. 2020. Whatever. It's a lot. It's a lot, friends. There's a lot to talk about with the week ahead, especially because this week includes a lunar eclipse on the 10th. You are likely to be feeling that Saturn-Pluto conjunction mounting, mounting, mounting um, as we approach the 12th. This energy is kind of oppressive and heavy. And so if you're feeling heavy feels, if you are experiencing kind of the weight of consequences as they bear down upon you, don't be too worried about where's this coming from? What could this possibly be about? It's the Saturn-Pluto conjunction. 
And the thing about astrology is it's sometimes really just about pinpointing a specific event. But more frequently, when we're looking at it in a general way, the way we are when you read a horoscope or you listen to me on the show, um, not when I'm reading individual charts, but talking about the transits of the week or the year ahead, what we're really talking about is understanding the energetic trends and probabilities. And those probabilities are based on the energy that is running. The energies that you're feeling mounting are important for you to pay attention to, but important for you also to bring as much of your A-game to. And when I say A-game, I mean your willingness to engage with whatever your part is. The situations you're in, ooh, they may be tempting to engage with in a messy way, or you might want to like get vengeful because Pluto's involved, but don't do it. Don't do it, my friends, because things that you do or don't do now will come back at you. And they will demand to be reckoned with, TBH. So, you know, be really intentional if you can. Now, that is only intensified by the fact that we have this eclipse this week. Let me get into it. Let's start at the beginning. On January the 6th, the sun forms a sextile to Neptune. Sun sextile to Neptune is a transit that is really good for showing up and being empathetic. This is a great time to come to some sort of compromise with someone. It is a great time to decide to truly support yourself or someone else. This is an excellent transit for connecting with the arts or spirituality. Now, because it's a sextile between the sun and Neptune, you're not going to really feel it unless you're like, I'm going to take a singing lesson. Holy shit, I can sing or whatever. You're not going to really feel it unless you're doing something that engages it. This transit is lovely. It's a little breath of fresh air, but it's nothing too serious. It's not going to knock you over the head. If you leverage it, though, it's lovely. So if you're trying to do any kind of visioning work, manifestation work, it's excellent. It's really supportive for spiritual work that is associated, okay? And I say that is associated because it is a misuse of Neptune energy to check out as a way to drop in. On the 8th, we have another sextile to Neptune, this time from Mercury. Now we have the Sun and Mercury both in the sign of Capricorn, right? So we have all these planets starting to coagulate closer and closer to a conjunction for this beautiful big stellium we're about to have on the 12th. Mercury sextile to Neptune is really great for deepening your understanding. It's excellent for coming to a sense of resolution with someone or with yourself, coming to forgiveness. And the thing about these transits, these sextiles to Neptune, is they can help us to get clearer about what our ideals are, what we really aspire to. And they can help us ultimately to be clearer about what our philosophical or creative vision is for ourselves, for the world, for our relationships, whatever, for work, all of it, all of it, friends. Now, this leads us to a lunar eclipse. That's a full moon, and that full moon is in Cancer. And as you know, full moons always happen when the sun and moon are completely opposite each other, as does a lunar eclipse. Now, a lunar eclipse is like a full moon on heavy drugs. It intensifies the feelings, it intensifies the outcomes, and the effects of a lunar eclipse are likely to be felt for about six months. Having a full moon in Cancer right in time for the Saturn-Pluto shit is just, I mean, the 
feelings. Am I right? The feelings. So what I want to encourage you to do around this eclipse is whatever you need to do to protect your energy. This is not a good time for a confrontation. Please avoid confrontations. This is not a good time for completely disassociating from your emotional truth. This is a time for becoming more mature. And honestly, a lot of different astrologers are going to say a lot of different things about this eclipse, but my big takeaway is looking at your willingness and ability to be mature, to have wisdom, and to apply it IRL as shit comes up. That is what this lunar eclipse is an opportunity for. And on a social level, on more of a kind of like global level, because the sign cancer is associated with patriotism and the sign of Capricorn is associated with hierarchies and governments and corporations, we may see major developments in the way that countries and corporations consolidate their power. Now, I would say that is true as well of the Saturn-Pluto conjunction. I think that when we look at what populaces, what societies are willing to consent to, what they're willing to let go of or let happen, a lot of that has to do with the role of fear, right? What are you scared of? Are you scared of hitting the streets and protesting? Are you scared of having a difficult conversation with people? Are you scared of cops? What are you scared of? And trust, that is really relevant for this eclipse and for the Saturn-Pluto conjunction. Being willing to look at your relationship with fear, your relationship with desire for happiness, for safety, for home, for a sense of country. These things are really deep and they're deeply personal as much as they are societal. And this eclipse is a powerful time on the social level to truly consider those things. This is not a time to be like, oh, the past three years of Trump and with all this like shit of call out culture, it's just too much. I'm just going to look away. I'm burnt out. I'm over it. This is not the time to be over it. Oh no, this is the time to get into it. Truly call in, call in people, call in yourself. This is the time to get into it, to look at your relationship to racism to look at your relationship to capitalism, to look at your relationship to homophobia or transphobia, to ableism. I know these are big words and they're like umbrellas and they're complicated, but these are systemic problems that are generations and generations deep that we are all culpable in perpetrating. And we all have our different positions and we all have our different natures and we all have our inherited pain and our inherited privilege. The question is, who do you choose to be now? How do you choose to show up now? When we allow our fear of being wrong, our fear of being bad, our fear of other people, our fear of being unsafe, when we allow those things to have us running unconsciously away from or towards people or quick fixes, we have a problem. It's not sustainable. In this period of human development, we are all being confronted with our place our place in our personal lives, our place in our community, our society, our country. No one's exempt. Now, you might choose to exempt yourself or your mom or your friend or your colleague may choose to exempt themselves, but that's simply their participation. There's no checking out of this one, my loves, in a way that can be scary or upsetting or overwhelming. But here's the good part. You actually fucking matter. 
you really matter. Embracing the ways in which you matter, the ways in which you can show up, and the ways in which you can't. That is healing. It's healing for you, but it has a ripple effect and is healing for others as well. When I look at this eclipse, I want to say, don't tolerate. Embrace. Embrace if you can. Embrace differences if you can. And if you can't, embrace yourself around the ways in which you are stuck. You are limited so that you can start to empower yourself to grow and heal and change. Because this is it. This eclipse, you know, it has this moon in Cancer at 20 degrees and zero minutes. Real tight 20 degrees of Cancer, this full moon, which means the sun is at 20 degrees of Cap. But we also have Mercury at 20 degrees of Cap. We also have Saturn and Pluto at 22 degrees, 23 degrees of Cap. And Jupiter is in Cap. It's a lot of fucking Capricorn energy, as we know. And so what this means is your heart may feel at odds with your obligations, your responsibilities, your community. When we deal with matters of the heart, it is always wise to look at the difference between, this is something I've talked about before and we'll talk about again, to look at the difference between your triggers and your traumas. Triggers are upsets that set off past hurts. A trigger is not necessarily harming you, but it is stimulating feelings and memories that felt harmful at one time. And so it's kind of setting the dominoes to fall around an old setup that was already there before the person or the thing triggered you. Traumas are things that are happening to you right now that are straight up bad right now. So they may trigger old stuff, but they also freshly upset or harm you. And we use the term trauma a lot at this time in society. And I think there's arguments to be made about how actually that's a really positive thing that we're calling out and naming harm and trauma. I also think it can be a negative thing because not all hurts and not all pains are traumas. Trauma is actually a different thing. It's complicated. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna solve that problem right here, right now. But I will say Cancer Moon is really subjective. And it makes it hard to tell the difference between a trigger and a trauma. And triggers and traumas require different remediation. They are equally valid, but they do take different care. And so I want to encourage you to really be mindful of that in your personal life this week and certainly around the 10th, the difference between what is triggering old pain, which is a great opportunity for you to respond in new ways and to heal, or what is traumatizing you, which may actually appropriately engage your survival mechanisms. Maybe you actually need your survival mechanisms in this moment, and this is a great time to refine them. Either way, this eclipse is an opportunity to cultivate and integrate greater emotional maturity. And I cannot say enough about the value of emotional maturity. My loves, it is really a gift that keeps on giving. So that, my dears, is your horoscope for the week of January 5th through the 11th. Hey, BTWs, as you know, tis my birthday, January 11th. Uh, if you haven't already bought my book, but you're thinking about it, well, shit. January 11th is a really nice day to do it. Also, until January 31st, you can download your free astrological calendar. Link is in the show notes, uh, and it goes only, like I said, till the 31st, so you might as well get it while you can. All you need is proof of purchase, like a receipt. Also, if you're in the market of writing reviews, which I hope you are, 
Or if you're in the market of gifting me a birthday Prezi, uh, you know, the greatest gift that you can give me is a review of my book. If you have bought it and read it and love it, write me a damn review on all the places that people write reviews for books. That would be so deeply appreciated. It's emo. I love it. I'm really excited to get more and more of your feedback, and I can't wait to talk to you about it more because trust, I'm going to drop some bonus episodes of the podcast that will be a companion to the book to help you use the book more effectively. Are you into it? Are you into it? In fact, if you have specific things that you want me to explain that cannot be answered by our friend Zhuzhal, or if you're like me, DuckDuckGo, then pop me a question on my website at ghostofapodcast.com. Send me the questions that I can help you, help yourself with, and uh, know that I goddamn love you. Every year they say the end is near, but we're still here.